This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I think Holy did a great job, you know, of uh, helping me out and that. But as it went on, you know, you get used to coming back. But it's crazy. I mean, four weeks feels like uh, a year off. It's uh, definitely, you know, different, different adjustment going back. Two assists tonight. Big one coming on the Carlson goal. Just kind of, how did you feel? You know, feels pretty good, right? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know they come in bunches. And it's nice that a couple happened tonight. But I think it was even better to see our power play, you know, come through that. That time again, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Golden Edge Podcast. It is a jam-packed show this week. I know, you know, usually we're just here, we have a nice little conversation. There is so much going on right now. There's so many people to hear from uh, during this time. Adam Hill and Ben Goats, as usual. Dave Shane is here. That is a big treat for us, for sure. I'm very excited that he's around, uh, get into a lot of things that are going on with the Golden Knights. But first of all, just remember... Check out this podcast wherever podcasts are found. Wherever you get us, please, you know, send feedback, comment, Rate, like subscribe. it, subscribe, all of those. Whatever whatever you do on that particular platform, do that for us. Tell us we how, would much, appreciate it. how much you're enjoying us or hating us, I guess, but hopefully you like us. And uh, if not, send us feedback and let us know what we can do to improve. We are, once again, as always, in the luxurious podcast studios of the Las Vegas Review Journal. Make sure you check out ReviewJournal.com for all of your Golden Knights info from all of us. And uh, we are very excited to get into a lot of what's going on right now with the Golden Knights, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. There's got a lot going on. And I'm excited to revisit what uh, happened in this studio very recently because we had a very special guest come in. You mean Dave? Yes, absolutely. Dave, you're here right now. What's up, man? Hanging in. Just... Working on my juggling and, you know. Well, don't don't uh, give it away. You're, you're teasing uh, something that one of the players. It's inside no, joke. Inside joke. It is. No, uh, Nick Holden, as uh, as Ben was referencing, joined us here today. Uh, we talked to him earlier. We're going to hear that conversation right now. But he also was on Facebook Live with us. We had him juggle. It was quite a moment. And we also had him talk about uh, what his career would have been if he was not a hockey player. And I think that was some good stuff. It was some good stuff. But that is on the video. You're going to want to watch the video. It's posted up at ReviewJournal.com. Check that out. Uh, But we also had a chance to sit down with him. Listen, he came in here in studio with us. He first comment, wow, what a studio. He was blown away. Couldn't believe how impressive it was. So he's here. Uh, He was here. And uh, we had a conversation with him, and we just started out asking him how he was doing. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming in. We are recording this as you guys are uh, getting ready to go on a break. So you got one game left. You know, if you're listening, it might be after you played. But, you know, how how important is this stretch here of, like, you want to focus on these games. There's big games, but it's like, man, we got this break coming up. It's going to be kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, the breaks in the season are nice uh, mentally and physically. Uh, but for now, uh, obviously, it, it's easy to get ahead of yourself. And in a long season, you always want to make sure you're focused kind of day-to-day instead of what's too far in front of you. 
Right. I mean, you mentioned it's been a long season. You've played in every single game so far. I think you're one of only four Knights that have played in every game. So what have these first kind of 51 been like in a Golden Knights uniform? Just uh, a lot of excitement. I mean, obviously coming here with the Rangers last year, uh, playing in the in the Fortress, you, you get a feel for it, but it's such a small uh, sample size. And so uh, when you're here and this is your home rink and you're living in Vegas and it's just everything is just so amazing, the excitement around the team. Um, it's cool going to pick up my kids at school and everybody's got Golden Knights gear on and all the cars have decals on them and license plates and all this stuff. So it's been, uh, for me, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, you mentioned that game that you were here with the Rangers last year. Did that leave a big impression on you as you were kind of trying to figure out a new home in the offseason? Uh, I mean, yeah, it did and it didn't. Uh, like I said, we were just kind of, we played on a back-to-back, so we just came in, played and left. But um, just you could just feel when we came, when we signed this summer, come down to check out uh, for houses and stuff like that, you could just feel it you, in the summer when we came down, just the, the energy around the team and, uh, the practice rink and all that stuff. So it's it's pretty cool. You mentioned you know you're a family guy and you have a family and that that's kind of part of the whole decision. But what has Vegas been like compared to what you thought it would as a place to live? Not just you know that there's fans everywhere and everything else, but like a lot of people I think when they hear like I'm moving to Vegas, like what what that's going to be crazy. But it is there's a family life here too. Oh, absolutely. I think that's probably been the biggest uh, thing for me is just how much outside the strip there is. Uh, there's so many cool things to do. Uh, for me, having having kids and stuff, um, there's so much for families to do uh, in the Vegas area. And so it's been fun uh, getting up to Red Rocks to, to go hiking or um, my wife took the kids to the aquarium. Uh, so it's there's a bunch of stuff that outside of just the strip uh, for people to do. And, and living here, it's such a uh, like comfortable and casual uh, place to live. Uh, to, to travel around the city, uh, the traffic's not that bad, and, and stuff like that. doesn't seem like much, but uh, when you're having to lug kids around to hockey and to other things, you, you're mapping your day out to the minute, to the second. So when you know your trip to, say, the grocery store is only five minutes instead of 20 or half an hour, it's, it's definitely nice. I'm sure that's a little bit different than, uh, say, New York, where you were last. Yeah, New York was... Uh, a different animal than any other place that I've ever played. So um, there's a fun experience, but definitely uh, this is a little more uh, casual and back to kind of where I grew up. You know, just on a on a side note, like going to practice. You, you mentioned all the people that are you know the crazy fans you see them everywhere. Like to go to practice and have so many people watching you practice seems like a weird thing to me. Yeah, I had this a little bit in uh, in Colorado and in in Columbus. Uh, they had open practices as well. Uh, New York, they had their own facility, so we never had any any real yeah. spectators there. But um, the the amount of people that come to the practice for every practice uh, is definitely something different. Uh, in those other two places, Columbus, Colorado, you'd have people, but it wouldn't be packed every practice. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that's definitely been uh, something that's fun and it even it brings a little bit of energy to the to the practice. I've never asked anybody this. I don't, I don't know why it just dawned on me talking about it. But like, does it change how practices go? Like, you, it almost is like there's a show to kind of be put on when there's all those people. But you're trying to work on things to get ready for games. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, I mean, I don't know if guys really try and put on any more of a <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah. Maybe some guys 
try and uh, ham it up a little bit with with the fans or whatever. I definitely get a bunch of knocking on the glass whenever you're lined up beside the glass. So usually I'll try and throw an elbow or <laughs> smash my stick at a kid or something like that. But besides that, um, myself, I can only speak for myself. Uh, I don't ham it up for <laughs> for the fans. I guess I was just thinking of the temptation of like, Oh man, people are watching me. I gotta, I gotta do something. It's just, it's yeah. just a weird feeling. I, I would never want somebody to watch me write. Yeah, like, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, just sitting there judging you and <laughs> yes. watching you do. Are you gonna use that thing. word? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or like, ooh, I don't know about. Yeah. And like, what? What? Just say. What <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be very, very frustrating. Um, but I, I guess just, you know, what are your impressions right now of just how you guys have been? You know, we talked about you know adapting to Las Vegas and, yep. and the team and everything else. How you guys have played? It's been kind of an up and down season right now. It seems to be a lot on the upswing for you guys. Yeah, I think uh, for a little bit early on, I think it was just our consistency. Uh, we would have moments in games where we would just dominate, and then we'd kind of let off the gas and uh, stop using our speed. And uh, I think for the probably the past three weeks, uh, we've really found consistency in our game, and that's kind of showed the most. Um, and maybe the reason why we've been able to string a bunch of wins was just that we consistently were doing the right things and playing fast and playing to kind of our team's identity. Yeah, you mentioned, I mean, this team really does have that kind of play fast, move the puck up and down the ice identity. Was there an adjustment period for you coming in? Because you've played already on so many different teams. So was it, you know, interesting to kind of now find your fit on this team? I definitely have played on a lot of teams. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this is a style that I've never really played um, where we want to just try and get going north as fast as possible, uh, but in a controlled way, we want to have the puck. And so um, most teams, neutral zone, you kind of want to slow it down a little bit, go D to D, get it up. Uh, but with us, it's like you get back on the puck, you want to turn and see if you can find somebody right away. If not, then go D to D. And uh, early on, there there was a little bit of a process to get used to going back on pucks and know that you're going to try and make a play real quick. And um, it's a fun way to play. Uh, now that I've played it for the the first half of the season, it's been uh, a lot of fun. You talk you talk about, you know, the that you've been to other teams, you've had to adjust the style-wise. Do, do you get used to the process of, like, all right, now to move to a new city. You got, I mean, I'm sure that it's streamlined a little bit. You kind of know, and you, you, the family has a plan down. Yeah, we got like, this down. Do this, do this, do this. <laughs> I know you don't want to do it again uh, anytime soon, but it, now you're kind of getting used to it. Does that make make it easier to adjust to a new city when you've kind of done it a couple times? Yeah, I think um, for me and my wife, we kind of you kind of know what you need to look for when you're going to a new city. It's not quite as shocking when you yeah. have to just start from scratch, which is kind of what we have to do every time we get moved. And so um, it's good that me and my wife, we have each other uh, kind of as that support. And then uh, we just know that this is where we're supposed to be at this time. And so um, you don't really, you try and find all the positive stuff around it. And that usually makes it uh, easier to to adjust. And uh, with kids, I mean, those guys, they're so resilient that you can pretty much just pack them up and move them every other month and usually they're fine but they probably think it's normal <laughs> it's so funny like my kids they've lived in denver colorado uh rye new york uh came out to boston a bunch uh springfield mass and then we go home in the summers and so their whole life we've just been traveling around and so yeah they're it's gonna be weird when we're done playing and we're back home in alberta 
and all their friends are probably not going to have close to the experiences that they've had. So uh, we've been very blessed to, to be able to do this. The people back home, Oilers fans or Knights fans? It's funny. Um, most people are, are diehard Oilers fans. Yeah. But uh, this summer, I usually do this. Uh, it's like a little signing or something on Dairy Queen. They do a Miracle Treat Day. And so I usually go out for a couple hours, sign autographs. And this year when I, they had the night stuff with it, it was the amount of people that showed up. It was incredible. Like I had gone there uh, two summers ago when I was with the Rangers, which is like a historic organization, right. all this stuff. There was a few, like good number of people, but this year the Knights, like people, tons of people had gear and all this. They're like, yeah, we're other fans, but the Knights gear is awesome. And the, because they made the final, yeah, all the kids were excited. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was lots of fun. You said that was at Dairy Queen? Yeah. What's your go-to Dairy Queen order? Ah, uh, I'm uh I love a dipped cone. I love a dipped cone. Solid. But, I mean, Straightforward. Bl blizzards are great. <laughs> Those are – can't go wrong with a blizzard. You make them hold it upside down for you? I was – you don't have to hold it upside down. What are you doing? So, yeah, I, I never make them, but I think they have to because <laughs> they do. if it falls or something, you get it for free. But um, I actually – part of that signing, they get me to go inside and – they ask if I want to make blizzards for a oh, bit, and boy. it's so hard. Yeah, it's I way harder there. than I thought. I worked there. That's oh, you why did? It's near oh, and dear man. to my heart. I'm, I'm like yes. trying to hold on to this thing, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, shaking all over the place. Did you try to do a dipped cone? That's hard. No, I never tried a dipped cone. I didn't want to mess that up. <laughs> yeah, that's difficult. <laughs> uh, what is a dip? You know, you, you grew up just just outside Edmonton. We've, we've talked about um, that before, some of our stories. But you, um, it, it's such a different place than here. Like what? What is the biggest difference between going up there and living in a place like Las Vegas? Like what? What's like the thing that jumps out that's so noticeable? The temperature. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Fair enough. The, the winter temperature. It's funny. It's like right now it's a nice summer day back, in, so what the weather's like right now in Vegas is a little bit cooler than what it would be in the summer back home, and so uh, temperature would be biggest thing. But uh, I just think I don't know. Maybe. Uh, lifestyle a little bit we don't really we're really a prairie edmonton's right in the middle of the prairies and so you're four hours to the mountains whereas here you're 45 minutes you can even half an hour you're into red rock so um it's just different things that you're doing a lot of um farming communities and uh oil that kind of stuff so uh, it's definitely you, you know how dumb i am i, I I never, um, the answer to that is yes, everybody knows how dumb I am. I never even, <laughs> like, oil, like the name Oilers, it was always, you know, you grew up, it was Wayne Gretzky, yeah. it was the Oilers. Yeah. I never put it together, like, there's a ton of oil there yeah. until I went there, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's it why the name is now. what it is. Yes, Wait it makes sense. Why do they have that oil <laughs> dare come down from <laughs> yes, the roof? It makes so, you always just think oil is in Texas, and then yeah. you go up there, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know the little, the little orange thing, that's an oil drop, right? In their what? jersey? I no. Legitimately, I don't, no. I don't, I don't, okay. okay, that's interesting. Well, there you go. There you go. You learn something new every day. And then uh, <laughs> there you go. Lastly, we're going to get into this. Uh, you know, if, if you're listening to this, make sure you go check out our video too. We're going to do a video with uh, with Nick. But um, you know, Brad Hunt gone uh, from the locker room. Every, you know, everybody that's around that team knows you know the character he is and what he kind of means in the locker room. But uh, what will you miss about uh, Brad Hunt being around? I think just his attitude. I mean, what he had to do uh, with this team where he's not playing. Uh, consistently um, and for him to be able to show up and and work as hard as he did and have a huge smile on his face and positive attitude and always uh, 
kind of trying to lift everybody else up around him. I think that's going to be the biggest thing I'll miss. Um, it was amazing to watch him uh, come in and play after he'd been sitting out for 20 games, and he plays unbelievable. Uh, I, I think that's a, a skill in itself. Uh, you don't uh, see a ton of guys that can do that. So he's definitely a, a special guy that will definitely be missed. So thank you very much to Nick Holden for joining us. That was uh, a lot of good insight. I know that you are particularly impressed by the Dairy Queen stuff. Absolutely. That was phenomenal. As someone who enjoys a blizzard but doesn't know how to make them, I thought that was great insight. Yeah, as you heard, I uh, spent a very, very little bit of time working at Dairy Queen. It did not go well uh, for me. Uh, certainly, Nick Holden enjoyed his Dairy Queen. You enjoy it. Everybody does. Why not? Uh, but a lot of hockey talk there as well. And the Golden Knights uh, are in. You know, an interesting position right now is if, if you're listening to this, you they may have already played their last game. They probably did already play their last game before the break. They've got the All-Star break and then a bye week. So um, an interesting time right now for the Knights who I think were pretty disappointed after 20 games when Nate Schmidt wasn't around but are playing better now and in a great position to make a run in the second half here. Yeah, and they're coming off of two kind of back-to-back interesting games where, one, they play a completely up-and-down game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They win that 7-3. to and then they play a much slower pace, more methodical game against the Minnesota Wild. And the Wild just kind of grinded away until they were able to emerge with a 4-2 victory that I think left a lot of guys and seemingly left Coach Jargalant pretty disappointed too. So we're recording this on a Tuesday. They've got one more game against the Nashville Predators on Wednesday before that big bye week. And that's going to be kind of a big jumping off point going forward here. Dave, what is kind of your uh, state of the union of the of the Golden Knights right now as they head into an all-star game in a bye week? Yeah, I'm a little – I don't know what entirely to make of it because I think in some of the losses they've played pretty well and some of the wins they haven't. It's, so you kind of feel a little bit of mix going into it. Um, thought they played really well in Winnipeg. I don't think they played all that well in, like, Chicago and they stole two points there. Uh, thought – you know, maybe you could pick out some things in that Pittsburgh game, especially, you know, the first half you didn't really like about it. I know Gerard Gallant kind of talked about it was an 80s, you know, style game. It was up and down. I mean, you know, we we obviously don't pay, but anybody that paid to, to be in T-Mobile got their money's worth with, <laughs> yeah. with that game. Um, but, you know, you, you probably want to tighten up a little bit. And then I don't know if it was the holiday, the start time, what was going on with that wild game. It, it had a weird vibe right from the start, even when the Knights got up in that game, which they never, I don't think, led um, in regulation. I have to go back. I, I'm, I'm not positive about that. But it's definitely the first time they had scored the first goal against the Wild, and, and then it just didn't seem like it got a lot of emotion. It didn't seem like it kind of snowballed like it usually does. So, What, what, uh, first, what is it about that team? We, we talked a lot about this going into the game, and I know, um, you know, they're they're just a different style of team. They're a tough matchup. But what is it about that team? Yeah. Um, so I won't I won't bring up the uh, the people that said it. But but uh, basically, there's an element of boringness uh, that comes along with the Minnesota Wild that I I think is hard to play against uh, for some of the players. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. Other than to expand on, you know, we saw it a lot last year. They sat back and they would they would kind of line up along the blue line and they would dare the Knights to. You know, basically you have to dump and chase. And I don't think it was a style that the Knights really ever adjusted to. How, how much, I mean, it's it's way down the road, but how much do you think they're kind of watching and saying, like, that's not a matchup we would want in the first round. If the Knights do somehow 
pull ahead and, and you know, they're, they're in the mix. Calgary is certainly in first place right now. Right now, I think a lot of people are saying you don't want to finish second or third in the division because then you're playing, you're likely playing San Jose or possibly Calgary in the first round, and that's a really tough matchup. But if you win the division, all of a sudden you're like, we certainly don't want to play Minnesota. We have not had success against that. Yeah, team. I mean, I think maybe maybe more so last year when it looked like it was a very real possibility that that wild card was going to line up with you know the, the Pacific Division winner. I know there was a, a week or two, especially they played like late March, mid March, I think last year, and it, it was a very real possibility at that point that they were going to run into each other. I think that was the matchup the Knights did not want to see at all. I think as as much as they you know, maybe looked at some of the the things the Kings did last year. Obviously, you run in a quick, and, and they're a heavier team and things like that. A lot of people maybe even predicted that the Kings would win that series. I still think Minnesota was the one team in that first round that they just don't want to see. I think that's probably, you know, going to repeat, you know, if we're here in two months, uh, you know, talking about playoffs and, and things like that, depending on where Minnesota is. I mean, they're they're in a little bit of transition. I, I would say maybe to your point – it's not so much Minnesota, it's the style yeah. that they play. And if they run into a team, and I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head that, you know, really makes a concerted effort in the Western Conference to, you know, sit back and trap. But if that's a style they run into, I think that's where they, you know, that's where the, the struggle might be, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what the Wild end up doing. They did move into third place in the Central Division yeah. with that win yesterday, but they're fighting kind of for their playoff lives. Right. And might as well transition to that now. While they're fighting for their playoff lives, they got some reinforcements in the form of one Brad Hunt. The Knights traded Brad Hunt to the Wild after that game. They sent Hunt and a six-round pick to the Wild in exchange for a fifth-round pick. So Brad Hunt basically probably just walked across the T-Mobile Arena locker rooms and got to say hi to some familiar new faces. In fact, he was he was in there last night and an uh, uh, interesting moment. And, you know, Dave, I think, I think it was interesting. Right away you hear the move. It seems like... Well, they're at the roster limit. They're going to have to have guys. They're going to have guys coming back soon. You need to clear up a roster spot. But then we did hear today from George McPhee, who kind of made it seem like, "Hey, this is something that Brad Hunt talked to them about." Said, "I'm in the last year of my contract. I'm not going to get a contract with anybody kind of just sitting and watching. Uh, I I kind of need more certainty for my future. And if we can make a deal that is, you know, interesting to me and that I can play, that would be something that would be very helpful. So it seemed like this is." Maybe more than the Knights trying to clear a spot, it's also Brad Hunt, at least from the Knights' perspective, and that's what they're telling us, Brad Hunt kind of saying, hey, this might be good for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot that goes into it in terms of, like, the draft pick and, you know, did they really get anything for him? Would he have been cleared off or, you know, would he have cleared waivers? Um, is something better than nothing and all those sorts of things? I mean, I think ultimately it was probably a mutual you know, I don't know decision, but but like you said, I think it works out both for works out well for both parties. To be quite honest, I think you know the Knights get something. He wasn't going to play. They seem very comfortable going forward with you know the fourteen forward, seven defensemen kind of set up. Um, and as long as Brad Hunt was going to be the eighth defenseman, you know John Merrill was you know always going to be ahead of him, depending on the situation. He goes to Minnesota. He's a former Bemidji State guy. His wife's from there. Um, Minnesota's got all sorts of issues on the blue line with injuries and, you know, just, just, you know, different things going on there that, yeah, it's a good situation for him to walk into. Uh, I mean, he's a great guy, obviously, you know, maybe that's something we can talk about too a little bit. So I think he can walk into any, any locker room and, and be fine and, and all those sorts of things. He brings, 
you know, certain element. There, there's things that, you know, maybe aren't his strengths, uh, but he can do certain things. He can run a power play, can move the puck, can skate. And, and to be quite honest, maybe Minnesota needs a guy like that um, back there. You know, I, I think it's beneficial to, to, to both sides, to be quite honest, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the Wild could definitely use a guy like him with uh, defenseman Matt Dumba is injured over there. He's a big power play threat for them. But, yeah, as Dave mentioned, I mean, he was, I think, universally beloved Brad Hunt in that Golden Knights locker room. You heard Nick Holden talk about him earlier on this podcast. I talked to Braden McNabb and John Merrill about Brad Hunt today, and both of them said he's up there in terms of teammates they've ever had. Clearly one of the best guys they've just been around. And I think he earned so much respect in that locker room as a guy who wasn't going to play every day, who didn't necessarily know when his number was going to be called to be put in the lineup. But he was always professional. He was always kind. And he always brought a great attitude to the rink. And he just got so much respect for that. I think it's, you know, we'll find out, obviously. And, and the, the Knights made the calculated decision to, to move on. But I think, Dave, there is a risk a guy like that who, you know, is such a good locker room guy. When you when you have a guy that's going to be scratched consistently, and whoever you know is going to be on the roster, there's going to be guys that are scratched consistently, and some guys can have a problem with that. Some guys can make that an issue. And while Brad Hunt wanted to play, and we know that he wanted to play, and he even kind of asked for a better opportunity to go play somewhere else. He did seem like a guy that was not going to be any kind of issue for not playing, and and, yeah. and always kept spirits up. Was valuable even when he wasn't on the ice. So that is a big loss, even if you don't feel it on the ice, and you don't, and you know, a fan or or us in the media won't notice it. You know, you don't look out there on the ice and see anything happening. It can still impact the team. Yeah, absolutely. Because I I know I would feel it. I don't know about you guys, but there would be days I'd walk into that locker room and you know be dragging a little bit, be a little tired and whatever, and you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to write, what I'm going to do. There's a lot going on, or there's nothing going on, and. Brad Hunt walks by while he's, you know, throwing his jersey into the, you know, the laundry cart and says, hey, what's up, Dave? Or, you know, how, how you guys doing? Or, you know, even something as small as that, you know, to acknowledge us as media members, you know, it made a difference even even from, you know, somebody like me just to, you know, have 10 seconds of, oh, yeah, okay. You know, uh, he, he has that effect, I think. Certainly that is, a, that, that is something that is going to be missing uh, from the team. We'll see what, you know, who kind of steps up to fill that role and, and what the plan is for the roster going forward. But right now, you're waiting for the return of guys like Will Carrier, guys like Riley Smith. We learned today, Will Carrier's hurt. By the way, he's been out for a while. He's hurt. About two weeks. Uh, not two not weeks. sick, not ill. He was, quote, just feeling bad that day. And then suddenly got hurt? I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what Diz- that means. Dizzy and fell down? So that, that was uh, George McPhee, again, addressed the media today about the Brad Hunt thing, but he said uh, Carrier is an injury. And when he was asked, well, he was, we, we were told he just wasn't feeling well, he was. He said, well, he wasn't feeling well that day. So I guess that's what we're playing with going forward. That's how we're going to address things. It's I mean, just... I guess he's telling the truth if he wasn't feeling well that day, right? Uh, I, I guess so. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a preposterous thing, I, I suppose, but uh, it is what it is. And uh, we'll see when they come back. Riley Smith... I guess he seems like he's getting close. He could be out a Sporting year. the baby blue non-contact jersey. He, he could be out five years. Six, who knows? I, I don't know. Uh, you never know with injuries. Everybody's day-to-day. Uh, so we'll see when he comes back. Carrier still doesn't seem close, really. I mean, I mean we haven't seen him practice. At least we've seen Riley Smith You know, so, practice. He was a – what? There was the one day on the, the road trip that he skated, and then he didn't skate, and then obviously we saw him out there in the non-contact. So at least that's progress. We haven't even seen Carrier. Yeah. You know, so – 
I mean, I can't make the illness joke about you know anything like that since we've taken that off the, yeah. uh, so we, the list of pos- possibilities. But we will find out. Uh, but Colin Miller is back, uh, and yeah, and then uh, Subban. We haven't oh, we haven't yeah, seen Subban. That's either. true. And so, he also was not feeling well. Right. Right. Uh, so we don't know what that means now either. So that probably means it's a, like a hamstring or his hamstring's <laughs> not feeling well. It, <laughs> yeah. It's that's it's the new world. Not feeling well is injured. Uh, but as I said, Colin Miller is back, contributing right away. And Ben, you know, he's he's made an immediate impact since he returned from injury. Yeah, absolutely. That shot uh, from the point on the power play has been sorely missed. And yeah, he's having one of the best uh, stretches of his career. Honestly, he had uh, two points to assist in back to back games. And that's the first time he's had back-to-back multi-point games in his career. So he really stepped in and made an immediate impact with those four points in two games. Like I said, one win over the Pittsburgh Penguins and then a loss to the Minnesota Wild. And they kind of threw him to the Wolves because they threw him right up against the Penguins' second line, of including Phil Kessel, who kind of clowned him in their first meeting of the season in Pittsburgh. Phil Kessel had two breakaways, both of them coming with Miller on the ice. So the Knights weren't shy about kind of holding his feet to the fire. And actually, he talked a little bit about that after the game, so we can listen in. Yeah, I mean, that first period was definitely surprising. And I think Holy did a great job, you know, of uh, helping me out in that. But as it went on, you know, you get used to coming back. But it's crazy. I mean, four weeks feels like uh, a year off. It's uh, definitely, you know, a different, different adjustment going back. So we hear that from Colin Miller, make, making his immediate impact back with the team. First time in his career, back-to-back. Games with multiple points, as, uh, as you said. So um, that that is big. Start to get some guys healthy, and the bye week will help with that. And the bye week is coming up as soon as the All-Star break is over. So Marc-Andre Fleury's bye week doesn't quite start as soon as everybody else's. Uh, Dave Shane's week doesn't, you know, his bye week doesn't start as soon as everybody else's because you'll be uh, up in San Jose as well. But, you know, is this a good time? And uh, uh, you can start with Ben. Is it a good time for this bye week to be coming for the team? I think you hear different things from different guys. I think some guys are kind of ready for the break to happen. And I think you can even see they played such a loaded early schedule. They had so many games in kind of a short period of time where I think it's time for some of these guys to get some rest. But then he talked to Nate Schmidt yesterday who talked to us before the game against the Wild. And Schmidt was energetic, still like ready to go. I think he would love to play another 20 games in the next week or so. He's only had 30 games. I was like, he got back. 20 games off, yeah. so that's kind of why. But it was kind of interesting to hear him say that he was only just now starting to feel like he was in the flow of a season. So he was kind of itching to keep playing, but he acknowledged, hey, there's a lot of my teammates who don't feel that way and yeah. could really use this week off. Yeah, and, and Dave, they are, you know, we mentioned they're playing better. They like where their game is, but they have lost three or five right now. They have had a very busy first half of the season. Do you think this bye week comes at a good time? And do you think the Knights would maybe want to try to build up a couple more wins? I know one of the – I had asked you a question and kept talking. Sorry. Uh, I know one of the things they talked about today was uh, you you definitely want to, like, close very, very well because you don't want to be on vacation and having your bye week and trying to enjoy yourself and thinking about, man, we just let four points get away right at the end of that break. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that would probably stick with me. Um, I know – I don't know about you guys, but I know I'm ready for a break. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I and I'm so. obviously not out there skating and and doing all that. Um, you guys have been picking up some of the travel slack and things like that. But I know, you know, I feel the time changes. You know, I come back and and things like that. So I know for me, I I, I could certainly use a, a recharge. Uh, you know, obviously I'm going to San Jose for the All Star game uh, rather than going to Cabo or anything like that. <laughs> um, but if I was them, yeah, I, I'd certainly you know I'd be out on a fishing boat or 
doing something, get away from me. Even Gerard Gallant said, yeah, you know, get me away for, for a few days. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hang out with the grandkids. And it's like Gallant said he won't even watch the All-Star game. Yeah. He's just completely unplugging from hockey. Yeah. So from that standpoint, I, I think they could use it. Um, I think their, I think their game could use it. I think, you know, ultimately, you know, we've kind of talked about this before and not to, to belabor the point, but that 20 game mark, you know, it is just, it seems so, so important, you know, for everything and the way that everything's flipped and they dug themselves out of the hole and they did a good job putting themselves in, you know, into position, you know, to kind of, to, to, to finish out the race, I guess you could say, you know, they stumbled at the start line and, you know, we can do all the, you know, race analogies and things like that, but they did what they had to do to get themselves back into, you know, into the hunt, into position. They've, they've built a good cushion between if they're in third place, what would be the fourth place team? So you feel good about where they're, where they're at. You feel like you did, you know, you worked hard. You did a good job to, you know, get yourself back into a good spot. And, and yeah, this is probably a good chance to say, okay, you know, let's catch our breath and, and recharge and, and get geared up here, you know, for the last couple months and, and make a run, see if they can catch, uh, catch the flames. Cause obviously Calgary is, uh, you know, doesn't seem like they're going away. They're going to keep scoring goals and, and all those sorts of things. I like I like the narrative I've heard from a lot of people of saying, "Well, Calgary's not for real." Let's you realize that's what everybody said about the Knights last yeah. year as well. So uh, maybe they just are. Yeah. I uh, mean, they they score a ton of goals. They got a, a dangerous top six, and if you know they keep getting goaltending from Riddick, big big save, Dave. Uh, you know, yeah, they look they look every bit as dangerous as you know Winnipeg, Nashville, and, and San Jose. I think in in the West, and everybody knows that the Western Conference representative will always have James Neal. <laughs> yeah, what two in a yeah. couple at least a two, two in a row, two in a row right? so far. Yeah. Nashville and then Vegas and now, now yeah. Calgary. He's, he's the magic. He's the good luck charm. Yeah. yeah, he's the magic that will take you to the Western Conference Finals. So uh, looks like Calgary has the inside track there. But there is still a season to play before we even get to the playoffs. Uh, they'll take the break, come back, wrap up with thirty games, and um, we will be back as well. We're not we're not going to be going too far away, so you can. Uh, hear us after the break as well and come back and stay tuned with all of our podcasts all of our stories and everything else uh, up at reviewjournal.com and find this podcast wherever you find podcasts as we said comment subscribe everything else what else do people should people do with the podcast you know leave us comments uh, rate tell us what we're doing good and bad you know just hate on us yes. any publicity good publicity any, anything thumb up if there's like a thumb up thing click on that do they have like emojis they can use? like are you guys like sure. twitch or you have like the subscriber emojis, emojis and sure. stuff i think that would be great that'd be awesome yeah we'll do whatever do whatever you can to uh give us feedback and comment subscribe everything else up on the podcast page and follow along at reviewjournal.com we are we aren't taking a break you can check us out uh, stories all throughout the bye week and uh, stay up to date on what is going on with the Golden Knights. Uh, so for Dave Shane, Ben Goats, really, really thanks to uh, Nick Holden for coming in as well. He was awesome both here on the podcast and on video. If you want to go check that out, there is some big, big surprises that you will learn about and even see uh, on that video with Nick Holden. So thank you guys so much for a very fun first half of the season. We will be back and talk to you again very soon here on the Golden Edge Podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.